Hi, I'm Mel Binion, the executive producer of Question Everything. And before that, I was always a music producer. With this series, we're going to look into the strenuous process of creating music, songwriting, arranging, tracking, editing, mixing, and most importantly, mastering, all help turn a single idea into a Grammy-winning song. This is the element of music with Joshua Showtime Williams. This is Elemental. How are you doing today? I'm doing well, sir. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing? Oh, man, I'm doing great. It's fantastic. I've been watching your work like over the last two years because we work with some of the same people. And I was so excited to have you on the show uh, episode today. Oh, man, I appreciate that. No, I, like I said, I've, I've checked out a couple episodes, so I'm definitely excited to be here. So, I, you know, I can't wait to get the conversation started. Yeah, my heart's always in R&B. I grew up in Chicago, so I always follow even though we don't talk <laughs> about it anymore. But <laughs> but yeah, R&B, right. R&B was like the way of life in Chicago. So I'm excited to hear your point of view of how you create music. But first, the first question I always ask everyone is, uh, how do you define creativity? Mm, creativity. Um, man, I don't think it's going to be too too much of a profound response, but um, I would say creativity is just um, one's ability to take, you know, their imagination, whatever they might see or hear or feel, and, you know, just to produce a real, you know, a real world experience for other people to enjoy. So that might be through the medium of, you know, visual canvas, you know, for our painters and our drawers through music. It's obviously through song or through musical composition, um, you know, even teachers, you know, finding a creative way to engage their students you know it all starts with the imagination and you know just your ability to create something i want to say tangible but you know just real a real world experience um, yeah. for your audience so oh, awesome and how did uh your creativity start where did you begin with music yeah so i mean like most people i grew up singing in the church uh you know my dad's a pastor so uh, and you know, was a minister before he became a pastor. But since I was four, I've been singing. I come from a musical family. We all sing, play an instrument or two. Um, in 2014 is where I decided to start, you know, becoming professional with my music um, from Tallahassee, and that's where I got my start, musically speaking. Also, Tallahassee, Florida, with the band called Tallahassee Nights Live. So, being okay. around musicians and singers, performing, just learning the the industry, the art on a professional side. That's kind of how I got my start. Um, 2017 is where I started doing music full time professionally, um, released my first project in 2017. So that's kind of how the start began back. You know, I call it home back home in Tallahassee, um, although I'm currently residing in the St. Louis area now. Um, so that's kind of where my where my where my start began, hanging out with my friends and, and learning the tricks of the trade. <laughs> OK. And you mentioned uh, taking up an uh, instrument. I, I think I saw that you played bass. That uh, Right. So my first instrument is the piano. Um, I play keys. The bass are, is sitting there, too, collecting a little dust. But um, the bass, I've been trying to teach myself how to play. Or, you know, well, through YouTube and just exploring the instrument itself. So I don't really okay. tell people I'm too much of a bass player. I don't want them to expect anything from me on that. Oh, I understand. <laughs> Like I, I I took up the guitar and tried learning through YouTube and I don't tell people I'm a guitarist, but like if you right. need me to play something, 
I can I can engineer it. <laughs> <laughs> right, I can give you, I can give you a few notes. That's about that's about it right now. <laughs> okay, and uh, how did your how did uh, growing up in a church influence uh, your style now? I mean, yeah, I have my churchy tendencies in my music. Um, as anyone will tell you, I think it's kind of clear I grew up in the church. Just from song structure, the chords that I like to play. Yeah. Um, you know, it's straight from church. It's, it is what it is. Even though I'm singing R&B, it is what it is. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> so maybe that, cause that's just, that's literally what I grew up in. So that's the foundation, musically speaking, for me. Okay. Uh, do you draw any influence from any other genre or any specific artists? Oh yeah, I'm a mean, I'm a big R&B fan also. Um, but you know, Stevie Wonder, I love Boys and Men, Brian Unite, Usher, Tank. Because um, I don't do it too much now, but I actually dance also. Um, okay. So you know, it was a big, you know, big guy. Michael Jackson too, but you know, I'm a little younger, so Usher. <laughs> do I? Uh, <laughs> So I gravitated to quite a bit. So, you know, big fan of his. Love the harmonies from Boys to Men. Um, Brian, like I said, Brian and I, Tank. So many. Mint Condition. It's a lot of influences there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that's, it's all on, that's all on my playlist. Like, when I drive all the time, all those all those people. Yeah. Like, today I'm still listening to, like, Silk, and, you know, Stokely, just to hear. Oh, yeah. Harmonies. Silk, Jodeci, Blackstreet. Yeah. Joe, all of that. I'm, yeah. Talk. Yeah, I, I sampled like a Rome song. Do you remember the? Well, I, belong I belong to you. To you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'll have a, I'll have a video of that coming out where I sampled it and like just rap straight over it. Oh, okay. I, yeah. I'll be. Yeah. That that was a, that's a good cut too. That was a jam. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Soon, soon as you hear it, everybody will start singing it. Do you have any songs like that that's like a go-to song, like if you're performing out live? Oh, or yeah. Or do you do a lot of covers? I still do <clears throat> a lot of covers. So I'm actually, so within music, I gig with a, a corporate band. So we do weddings and stuff every, almost every weekend. Yeah. So that's a cover band. We do everything from Motown. I sing some rock. I sing some country, um, you know, some pop. So I do the whole gambit on that side of things. In terms of my personal music, I do do a lot of covers at my show. The number is starting to decrease as my personal catalog increases. So I'm yeah. introducing more of my own music into my shows, obviously, but I don't want people to come and be like, well, what, and what song is this? So I typically like to grab people with things that they know and then yeah. start sneaking my songs in there. Of course, I got a few songs that are really popular, so those I know will stand on their own, but Maybe I want to do something that was be considered B side of the tape at the show. I don't want them to just look at me like, hmm, never heard it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like play something we know. I, I can hear, I right. can see someone like instantly getting up and saying that. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I, you know, I'm real big for starting off, you know, with my, my shows anyway. I'm a real big, you know, I say they call me Showtime because I like to party. So I'm real big on energy. So I like to start off fast. And, you know, so I'm real big on, like, whispers and, you know, the old school, you know, Frankie Beverly and Mays kind of vibe into, you know, mint condition. And then I'll throw in, oh, and here's a few songs by me that you might or might not know. 
and then we'll go back to some more covers and then I'll sprinkle back in some more Josh and you know ease it in like that so oh nice yeah that's the way you got to do it yeah (laughs) and you seem like because you're a dancer you seem like you're you're focused you focus a lot on the performance and the overall presentation of it not just the music right definitely um I think there's you know that you definitely need to have both I think the music part is is very important especially when you in those moments where you slow everything down get intimate um but I think people like to be entertained and so I want to make sure people leave like this was a good time. Not only did it sound good, but I had a great time. Like we had fun. We party. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> well, we'll take a quick break right here uh, and come back with some more questions uh, after yeah. this short little break. All right, I like to dig into everyone's songwriting process, so I just want to know when you have a first thought, where does that take you when it comes to making a song? It's it's so different. I'm not even going to lie to you because sometimes things flow immediately and then sometimes it just, it seems like it takes forever, if, if that makes sense. So um, we could be talking and you might say, man, I really like this girl. And she, she talks a good game, but I'm just not sure, right? Because, you know, everybody's, you know, just kind of real iffy. And so I might be like, huh. And I just start repeating what you said. And I'll sit on the keyboard and I'll just be like, mm, do I like it? No, do I like it? Maybe. From there, I'll find some chords that I do like. I'll take whatever words you told me. And I'll just start to, you know, extrapolate on that. And then, boom, I got a song. Um, sometimes it starts... For instance, with me and Drew, I do a lot of work with Drew Mantia, who you had on your show um, not too long ago. Um, And we'll sit around, start from scratch. And I'll just be like, I don't know. I hear something like, and he'll start playing something on the bass of the guitar. And then the music's done. And I'm like, hmm, I have no idea what I want to talk about. I just know I want the music to sound like this. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And if I just, a random thought, I'll sit down and I'll just start writing. I'm like, uh, nope, that's trash. Okay, this might work. I'll keep it. Let's move it. And then it's a, a slow process of just, it's a little bit of randomness. Sometimes I, I have stuff in mind already, you know, that yeah. I want to talk about. Sometimes it's a, it's a combination of chaos and order. It's a, it's a beautiful mess. It really is. Oh, yeah. It's chaotic. Yeah, it sounds, <laughs> yeah, it sounds uh, very different from like a, a lot of the other guests. They, because, they always start more with the lyrics, even though you are starting with just like a little, little something to hook you. But you, it sounds like you, you prefer to start with like the the instrumental. Yeah, that and and if I don't have lyrics, I I don't mind having a concept. So yeah, with me and Drew, we just we did one album. We just did the Christmas album together, and I know that I like my projects. More, more or less to either coincide with the title of the project or tell a story from start to finish. Yeah. And so I didn't necessarily have lyrics. I was just like, well, let's just imagine a breakup to makeup or, you know what I'm saying? A breakup to makeup. Oh, what yeah, that, yeah. What the arc might look like. So when we did whatever it takes, I was like, well, we're going to talk about post. We're going to talk about starting to makeup. So we're going to, and that's where Wait For Me came. Then after that was whatever you want. It's like, all right, I asked you to wait for me. 
now I'm really talking about doing all the things that you need me to do, et cetera, et cetera. And then we just went on from there. Um, so conceptually, I might have an idea and be like, yeah, we'll just make songs to fit this concept. I don't know yeah. what the, be what the lyrics are going to say. We'll figure that out when we cross that bridge. Um, and but so that's focus what we, it on the big picture. Right. And so with the Christmas album, we were like, I want to do a Christmas album, but I don't want to do traditional Christmas songs. Let's just talk about R&B during Christmas time. And so that's how Christmas with you came up with, or, you know, we did Christmas rock or our first Christmas, um, which aren't yeah. Christmas songs. It's R&B. Actually, uh, Christmas yeah. rock sounds a lot like, uh, like Bootsy Collins Christmas album. If you ever heard that one. Right. And so here's exactly what I told him. So I'm real big on, you know, I always try to put on for Tallahassee. So I'm real big on T-Pain. I am a real, yeah. real pain song. Um, George, you know, George Clinton. Yeah. While I was in Tallahassee, he was in Tallahassee. Um, and so I told him, I was like, I want something to do with George Clinton. I want a George Clinton kind of feel of a track where it's just fun and all over the place, real funky. I was like, I want to do some... Um, a cameo vibe, and I want to do something with Go Go. I was like, and just mix them all together. So that's why oh, we had the down, 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 down. Um, and I literally pulled up. I don't know if you've seen Good Burger, but I pulled up the scene of Good Burger where they were in the uh, the mental asylum, and everybody was just partying in there. And George Clinton was in there getting funky too. I was like, <laughs> this is the sound. Like this is what we're going for. And I was like, but the hooks got to have that Go Go drum. Like we got to have. We gotta have that feel. And so that was oh, yeah, no yeah. lyric. What it needs to feel like. And it's a Christmas rock, so I can just I can talk all things Christmas and we'll figure it out from there. But this is what it's gotta feel like. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, it's crazy that you said, yeah, because as soon as I heard it, I was like, that's why I was like, that's that sounds like Bootsy Collins or George Clinton. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, funky. I was like, it's gotta be Yeah, just all about it. This is the baseline random sense and then we'll build from there and he's like i think we got it i was like cool let me write something now <laughs> it sounds like you 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 play a instrumental role in the in arranging the song oh yeah so i we we go me and drew we bounce off of each other pretty well so i do all the writing of the lyrics but when it comes to comp, uh, composing the music i i pretty much compose so what I'll do is I'll have something, sometimes I'll have something already composed and I'll be like, but Drew's a much better musician than I am overall. So I'll come to him with something composed and I'll be like, hey, I need you to do your Drew magic and make this sound great. This sounds yeah. okay. I need you to make it sound great. So he'll take whatever I'm playing. I was like, this is the song. Like, it's a full song. And you know, I'll play the bass line to it and all. And then he'll take his bass and be like, I got it. Boom, boom, boom. Then he'll take his guitar and be like, I got it. Then he'll layer his keys on it like, I got it. And so now that's, you know, that's the magic of I'm able to bring him something I've already composed. And he's like, cool, let me spruce this up and make it record worthy. Something that people enjoy listening to. Because I mean, that brother is, I call him a musical genius. I think he's very talented. Um, Like, I'm amazing. Oh, yeah, I work with him. uh, It's amazing. Yeah, I think I work with him on technically. I think every song, every almost every song we did a. Uh, I recorded a TV show during the pandemic. Okay, okay. 
it had a, like a lot of like live uh live music but i didn't want to i want to produce new tracks so that i didn't have to worry about like i ip or anything yeah yeah i mean so yeah, I like mean, he helped me produce a lot of the new stuff mix the first song yeah i mean and he does so much right it's like not only does he is he a composer and songwriter himself, but he also does the mixing, the mastering, the recording. He uh, knows all. Like his ear is incredible. Um, and not just ear for music, but just ears for moments in songs. Yeah. I sit down like, what are you doing? He's like, yeah. So if I combine this and this and I tuck it back here, it's going to feel like this when you hear it. And I was like, had no idea. That's how that worked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like and for no- the life. Yeah, I wish I would have. Uh, I wish I would have went to school for engineering because yeah, I, I don't understand at all. That's not my gift either. That's why I'd be like, "Hey, I compose. I wrote a song. Here's the music for it. Now I leave it in. Like I trust you with it. Now I leave it in your hands. Send me back whatever you how it sounds to you now. And normally he comes back with something. I'd be like, oh, that's better than anything I would have done. So yeah. <laughs> and then sometimes he brings his stuff that he already has, like. So I don't compose everything, but there's some tracks on there that Drew completely composed prior to me getting there. And I was like, can I write something to that? Um, so it's a it's a give and take with us. Um, like he'll throw stuff in the ring, I'll throw stuff in the ring. Um, and then we each play our role. And in terms of the songwriting process, like I might've wrote some music, but I trust him enough to give him his freedom to take whatever I did with the music and rewrite on top of that. Oh yeah. Just like he trusts to write the lyrics and whatever I come with is what we're going with. Um, so that's how the process has been as as of late, the past couple of years. And also when the when it comes to actually like tracking vocals, is there like any practices you you implement or because um, I know like one thing like I tell everyone like when they're tracking vocals with me, like put the coffee down, don't drink coffee the week of or at all. Like cheese, all of that would mess up your vocals. Right. So I, I actually don't eat dairy products because I'm allergic to cheese. So I don't have to worry about that. And I don't drink coffee. I, you know, I drink a lot of water and a lot of hot yeah. tea. Pretty much my diet in terms of beverages. Um, I don't necessarily have any go-to practices. Um, in terms, Just more so like how I like to stack my backgrounds. Um, you know, I like to stack, stack, stack if we can. Yeah. Um, Make sure to have a nice blend on some background, things like that. But my biggest thing when tracking vocals is I always want it to be, I always say, like, don't auto-tune me. If if I'm off, just tell me and I'll just redo it. Like, yeah. <laughs> I want I want to make sure that when I sing this live. It's not completely it's not different than what at, they heard. At, at least as good as the track, but also better. Like, people should be like, he sound like himself. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to do a show where you got auto tune already in my microphone or nothing like that. Not that I'm knocking yeah. it, just for me, I don't personally like it or want. Yeah, it's, it. so, it's a choice though. Yeah, for me, I so when I'm tracking vocals, like how I sing a song, is not necessarily how I would sing it live, but it's pretty. It's kind of close. Like so, like this is how I would sing it if I was doing it on a live Instagram live or if I was in person live. So. I want people to feel that way when they yeah. hear it. Like, so I'm real big on the feeling of it all also. So I was like, I don't feel it. Rerecord the whole thing. 
I, I don't feel <laughs> expression. Let's do it again. Okay. And uh, so after tracking our, you seem like you're you're involved in all of the project. So you, how much of the mix and then mastering do you have input on? Zero. <laughs> <laughs> In terms of mixing and so the only thing I, I input is I say again I keep using Drew because that's what I've been working with lately. Um I would like this ad lib to come up a little bit or I would like these harmonies to sit a little higher. Um but again, because that's his area of expertise and you know he has an ear for that thing, I leave that arena to him. Cause that's yeah. not my so I'm not going to offer, you know, <laughs> meaningless insights to things yeah. I don't know. All I know is when I listen to the track, I wish that this was a little bit louder. I wish this was tucked in a little bit more. That's about it. Everything else, you know, it's all him. That's 90, 98% Drew when it comes to the mixing and the master. <laughs> yes, I try not to, to ask, ask the uh, engineer to mix anything different, but it's like I know there's some things like some simps. Like I hide underneath the strings, so yeah. I want them to bring that out a little bit more. But and yeah, that's I, about it. I'm, I'm, you know, I feel like that's cool, but I feel like if you're gonna work with people, you gotta also give them their space, as you yeah. said, to be their creative selves, also. Um, and you should trust them enough, which is why you worked with them. I'm oh, hoping. Yeah. <laughs> so I try not to do too much stepping on the toes. Oh yeah. <laughs> So uh, when do you know that a song is finished? I don't know if I ever, I mean, I know when a song is finished, when I'm done with it, like I'm like, there's nothing else I can do. There's nothing left for me to do. At least currently, I don't feel like I can do anything else to make this better. I'm going to always be overcritical of my things. So I try not to go down that rabbit hole because yeah. then you'll never be done with the song. But I think the verses are done. The bridge is done. The music sounds good. When I play it over and over and over again in my car, I like how it sounds. I like how I feel when it's done. You know, sure, there might be a moment where like, I wish I could have did this back, but I could do that forever. So I try not to do that too much. So I know when it's done, when it's, when I play it, I'm like, yeah, this feels good. This is a good track. On to the next one. Um, I try not, you know, we sit on, I sit on things sometimes. And I'd be like, I have to come back to this one. It's not where I feel like it needs to be yet. But sometimes me and Drew will knock out a song and a half a session, um, depending on the time. And I'd be like, that song is good. It's not done. We got to come back and just do some little sprinkling. Um, but it doesn't take long. Um, oh, yeah. Done. I'd be like, yeah, this sounds sounds polished. Sounds good. Um, everything's in its pocket where it's supposed to be. I feel good. That's when I know it's done. I feel good. <laughs> oh, that's, that's good for you. Cause I'm, I'm added in a song from 2007 right now. Added lyrics. So I'm, I'm the worst at it. <laughs> oh no. Yes. But I, but I understand that. I really do. Cause I mean, well, cause like, originally I can't like, take it back. Like originally the song never had a chorus. It just had the, it just had like a Memphis style beat to it that played. Uh -huh. And then then I just started hearing a phrase that I could put on the chorus. It was like, if I re-release this right now with that chorus, it's gonna be ten times hot. Oh, so you released it already and now you're about to re-release it kind of like as a 
a part two or a remix? Well, basically, it's like what I'm doing is like I recorded back when I was in college, 2003 to 2008. I recorded four of my own albums. Okay. About like 15 songs each. But it's like now it's like in the eras, social media is like where you have to have like videos or something. Like I'm following like LaRussell's like game plan. He's rapping over like while he's getting his uh, haircut (laughs) and releasing it as a video. So it's like. Okay. Like I got all this content that I can use, so it's like, why not? Uh, why not release it? Because yeah. a lot of people haven't heard it. Like especially people that know me in LA, they haven't heard those albums. So, gotcha. So that's why I took another look at like all those songs and see what I can do to approve them. That makes sense. Okay. But usually, it's like when the engineer says it's done. Like I, I send it to the artist that I'm working with, and like. If they both like it, then it's done for me. Yeah, I mean, because listen, you you gotta have a stopping point. Otherwise, you, you'll never release anything, right? Right. You just be in a an endless cycle of I like it, but I feel like I can do this better. <laughs> I like it, but I feel like I can do this better. Oh yeah. And your mood changes every day, so like you you might like <laughs> an upbeat some something upbeat, but tomorrow you like why am I doing all this? Right. <laughs> you gotta have, I'm real big on, you know, not, you know, not stringing things out too long. Like, we did what we needed to do. This is going to be about. Um, and then for me, I mean, because I control all my own music, I don't mind teasing my songs for like kind of like early feedback. That also lets me know when I'm done. So, you know, I was on live. I go live almost every week. And on the last live, you know, Nasty is the biggest record I got right now. That's the one that popped on TikTok and, you know, me and, you know, made me and Drew kind of popular. And so we actually have a part two coming. So I teased it like a few weeks ago just to see if it if it would hit the same because I'm not expecting it, expecting it to hit how the first one did. Like that was just a real big moment in time for us. But I just wanted to see if it would hit at all. And I was like, but once I heard the feedback, I was like, all right, cool. This song is done. Like that song's good. We're good right here. We we got to do some mixing and mastering, but that one I know is good based on teasing it on the early feedback. Okay. Um, and then so other songs, you know, I teased the same way. I'm like, people were feeling it, but it, but you know, someone be like, I like where this is going. You know, that's a telltale sign. All right, so this that's, one's yeah, not that done. sounds like it's not done anymore. Yeah. Yeah, like, because they said, I like I like where you're going with this. That's all I needed to see. That yeah. one, we got to spend some time with this one. As opposed to, it's almost like, yo, I need this right now. Like, right now. Send it right now. We need it. Release it tomorrow. I was like, okay, that feels like it's more like it's done. Uh, yeah, I so think yeah, I, don't, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, my guy, uh, Dion Lack, this is his studio that I record in. But, okay. uh like I played like a lot of my tracks for him and he was like, I played him Dreamer and you'll I'm releasing Dreamer like in right in the beginning of January, but he's like he told me, I probably paid for poor for him like two months ago. He told me, dude, you gotta release this. Stop waiting. Yep. See, yeah. That's and that's sometimes that's how you know. Yeah. Yeah. Like he already <laughs> wrote a verse for it and it's not even out. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> He was like, I got my verse ready. Just release the song. <laughs> Just release the song. 
Is there anyone that you go to for advice? Like when you're thinking about releasing a song? Um, no, I don't, not necessarily for advice when releasing a song. I do have like my circle of close friends that I'll send them my music. Um, and, you know, shout out to my, my good friend, uh, Jasmine, Ms. Pollock. She's real, she's real big on, she'll listen to something and then she'll, she'll send back a bunch of notes. As opposed to, this sounds really good. I really like this. She'll be like, I feel like your phrasing could have been better here. Or oh, yeah. she'll be like. That's, that's like, the good friend to have. Yeah, yeah, she'll be like, I feel, you know, I, you know, I think that if you say it like this, it'll be better and won't sound as drawn out. And I'm like, boom. Then I'm like, all right, the song's not done just yet. Let me go back in and re retract this with a different phrasing. And I'm like, yeah, she was spot on. That, that feels way better, actually. <laughs> um, so I have a close group of friends like that. You know, my line brother, um, Trey Daniels, he's another one for me that I lean on musically because he's a big musician out of Atlanta right now. Um, so I'll send him stuff and, you know, all my friends pretty much, you know, they'll give it to you straight, cut and dry, which you can appreciate, which I appreciate. I'm like, yeah, because that's why I sent it to you. Let me know. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> nah, this ain't it, Doc. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> now we're talking. You'd be like, yeah, don't tell me it's good. Tell me why it's good. Like, <laughs> Right, pretty much. And if it, and if it's bad, tell me what, yeah. what needs to be improved. Don't just tell me it's bad either. <laughs> right. <laughs> All right, well, we'll take one more break and uh, have a few more questions for you. All right, if you could go back and give your younger self advice, what would you tell yourself? Oof. The younger Start sooner. Uh, <laughs> I, I would tell my, you know, <laughs> jump on it sooner. Um, yeah, you said 14, right? Or 14 is when I started doing it professionally. But when I was living, I started back singing again for real, probably around 2012. I was in grad school up at Morgan State, go Bears. Um, and I had some friends that it was like, Why aren't you singing? Like, why are you, why are you teaching? Why are you doing this? Like, why aren't you singing? It's like, You need to be singing again. So they kind of actually gave me the kick in the butt to get back to like, you know, singing and just playing around and writing stuff for play. And then when I moved back to Tallahassee after um, post-grad school, that's when I started really getting into it. So, you know, shout out to Kirk Carrington, second good brother and Dayana Walker. They were the ones who gave me the, the kick in the butt there. Um, and it was like, yeah, you need to tighten up. Like, you need to be oh, doing okay. what you were meant to be doing. <laughs> and so, you know, they gave me the kick in the butt, um, but yeah, it's, it's 2014 professionally. And I got off on a tangent. I'm sorry, I forgot the question because I just wanted to make sure I shouted them out. Oh no, but I I did need the question again. That's my bad. Oh okay. Uh, if you uh oh, what would I tell you, myself? You, start, advice I, for your younger self. Yeah. Yeah, start sooner. No, but that was that's why I said that. Start sooner because they told me to start sooner, and I did yeah. it. Um, but I wish that I did because I think. You know, just as much experience, practice, exposure as you can get, it only helps, right? So, yeah, starting sooner, it might not have taken till twenty twenty two for you to get a song that blew up. Um, yeah, you know, everything happens in its time as God allows, so it is what it is. But who knows what have what could have happened or would have happened if you had started sooner, if you had just put in the work in. 
sooner, if you didn't delay, if you weren't as scared, if you weren't fearful to take the jump. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? Like, I kind of feel like the same way because I moved, I moved from St. Louis to L.A. in 2016. Mm-hmm. And it was like, the first thing you worry about is like how you're going to survive, like where you're going to live, where you're going to work, you know, because like I didn't plan any of that all at all. It's right. like I just sold everything and hopped on a plane and I had a probably a week worth of money until like my uh uh tax return came. <laughs> I had a real week some worth of money or is that an LA no, week uh, No, I uh, uh I had ninety I got on a plane with ninety six dollars and wow. two of it went to two of it went to a bus, getting a bus to the first place I stayed at. Wow. So yeah. yeah. I mean- but it's like uh, like I wish I would have started like focusing on music like as soon as I got here, but it was like I was just focusing on how to survive and like and that that led me to working in the TV industry more than you know the music which what I actually came for. Right. But it was a blessing in the disguise, but it was still just like I'm like I'm ready and focused and ready to do music now as opposed right. to when I should have started probably seven years ago. Listen, I feel it. Cause you're like, man, I wonder how much again, you you never take the journey for granted, but you just wonder sometimes like, I wonder how much heartache I would have saved if I just got off my butt and got to work when I was supposed to get to work. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Instead of putting it off, delaying it, how many, you know, how many blessings did I miss by just putting stuff off? Or, you know, or coming up with every excuse in the book of why I shouldn't be doing this. Right. Um, that's what I would tell my younger self. Start sooner, jump on it. You fly, you fall. It is what it is. But do it. Just do it. <laughs> oh yeah. That's that's a lesson that we all need to learn and know for sure. And what next do you got coming up for you? Um, so with the holiday seasons coming up next, um, what we have going on over here uh, with JSW is I do have my my Christmas album that is out right now. It's called Our First Christmas by Joshua Showtime Williams, produced by my brother Drew Mantia. It's on all digital platform forms, excuse me, from Spotify, Tidal, Apple, Amazon, YouTube. So that's what's current. We would love for you to check it out. Hopefully you enjoy the project, there's something on there for everybody, whether you love Christmas, whether the holiday season is a little bit tough for you, um, there's a song on there for everybody. Um, oh, so yeah. That's it's what- the, it was one song. I, I don't remember the name of it, but it's something alone for Christmas. Yeah, I hope you're not alone for Christmas. Um, yeah. Yeah, and that was made, you know, just with the people in mind that, you know, some people have lost people during this time. And so the holidays are not necessarily fun for them. So, you know, I just wanted to write a song, you know, saying that I'm thinking about you as well. Um, so this this project is for you as well. Um, so that's what's going on now. I'm really looking forward to 2024. I do have, I am currently working on my third studio project, I guess, technically with Drew for 2024. We're coming back with another album. Um, January, uh, part two of Nasty will be dropping. And so we're going to start off the year strong. There you go. Riding the wave, still riding the wave, and uh, hopefully more tours for 2024. Um, I'm ready to get outside, hang out, meet the people that's been supporting me so long from behind the screen. So I want to go ahead and make sure I can get to their city 
and on the stage. So I've been working on trying to put some tours together, at least spot dates all over the country from the Carolinas to California and everything in between. And just uh, tell everyone where they can find you and get a hold of your stuff. Again, once again, my name is Joshua Showtime Williams. I appreciate you guys' time this morning, this afternoon, this evening, whatever time you're watching this episode. But you can find me on all platforms at J-S-W-M-U-S-I-Q. Again, that's at J-S-W-M-U-S-I-Q. That's on Twitter. That's on Instagram. That's on TikTok. That's even on YouTube. Um, I'm not hard to find. Follow me. I'll follow you back if I can. You know, hope you enjoy the music again. I appreciate y'all time. Thank y'all so much. I don't take it for granted. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. And I appreciate you, sir, for the platform. Thank you so much. Oh, yeah, man. yeah, yeah. Yeah, thank you for coming on. I, I appreciate it. it was Joshua Showtime Williams, uh, it was <laughs> a pleasure to have you. And This has been Elemental with yours truly, Mel Binion, a.k.a. Amelio. Be sure to follow the podcast, like and subscribe, and tune in next time when we go deeper into the elements of music with another guest. This is a classic with a tactical infusion of evolution by the maestro, the icon, 